Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At BostonProper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit BostonProper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. Hey, what's up, nerd fam? How you doing? It is December 31st, New Year's Eve, and I just want y'all to know we are thinking about you, but also we are busy partying, traveling. So we're going to hit you with some of the best of this year's Nerdificent to fill that void before you go party tonight. So uh, enjoy. I mean, I guess you will just jump right into it. For anybody who's never heard of it or don't know what what we're talking about, what is Afro anime? Well, um, it's really based on like the first part of the word Afro. So like when people hear Afro anime, you don't want to think about a fro like a hair. Afro is more about that inspired by Africa, taken from the African lens. So if you're talking about fighting with the weapons, you're going to look at African weapons. If you're talking about martial arts, you're not going to see uh, jujitsu. You're going to see like lamb or um, um, some Sen- other Senegal wrestling techniques. You're going to see African techniques. And that's the Afro. So it's basically African inspired in terms of lore, techniques, magic, juju in an anime kind of um, medium, which is like, you know, when someone's angry, you have that knot on the head, you know, powering mm-hmm. up some of those things. Oh, stuff, yeah. It's, uh, you know, we, in, in creating the name, it was kind of like, it's very much African and diasporic, but we, we also are going to give, you know, shouts out to the people that kind of, you know, brought us to the genre, like, you know, right. so it wasn't like we're, we're going to create a name that completely like disregards the contribution of those who did amazing work in anime that got us even thinking about creating stories in this medium. Um, we're going to create a name that, okay, shows, shows some love, but then very much lets you know, this is Afro anime. This is, uh, we're, we're going to tell stories through the African lens. Right. So I used to always say that, you know, when you're painting, you have this, like, you know, your oils and all that. And so anime is kind of like that. You have all the oils, but what you're drawing is the continent. You're drawing certain themes in the continent, Pan-African, specifically Nigerian, specifically 
from Kenya specifically, these different ethnic groups, spirits. So when you're talking about, you know, Naruto has their nine tails, we have tortoise. You know, when we, when we you know, shout out to Anansi, you know what it's talking about when we talk about Anansi, you know, we're talking about West African thing. So, you know, that's sort of what Afro anime is. What were some of the, because um, you both grew up watching anime, what were some of the titles, I guess, that really got you interested in, in moving into animation? I mean, I got to first and foremost give a shout out to whoever made the decision um, on Cartoon Network to create Toonami. Right. right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You yes. don't realize how you've affected an entire culture of people. I'm talking about from hip hop to like animation to even comedy. It's so much ingrained into the culture. I just heard this new artist, um, Stallion or something like that, or mm. The Stallion, and she had a bar that was like, hair yellow like Goku. I was like, see, this is what I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> we know where this came from. So, yeah. shouts out to Tsunami. Like, I know we used to rush to get our homework done yep. just so we can get in at that primetime hour from DBZ Gundam. to Gundam Wing yep. to Big Cowboy o, Bebop. Cowboy Bebop. Remember Yu Hakusho. Samurai uh-huh. Jack. Samurai Jack. Like, mm-hmm. Roni Kenshin. Right. Shouts out to Batosa at a mass layer. You yep. feel me? Like, it was in there. <laughs> yeah. and that was like our, like, introduction. And then we're like, we started getting on the internet more and right. we're like, wait a minute, there's more? <laughs> you know what I mean? Illegally. Yeah. Hey, sometimes you got to get it when you I fit know. it. And, uh, but that was the only way we could get it back way, in the day. <laughs> it was... And then getting your family involved. Like, that's the funny thing. That's one thing we made a mistake a little bit. Yeah. The Nigerian community is huge. Oh, yeah. Huge. Huge. I mean, the black diaspora community is huge. They're, they're looking for that. This is the time before podcasts. I, this era, when we did this Kickstarter, this is time before podcasts yeah. and content push. So it was, it was just a different time before the Facebook rules even came out and all that. So really your community was, was critical. Well, I, if, if I can just jump in for the time you're talking about is very interesting because I feel like now black nerdiness is very mainstream. But there was a moment not too long ago where black people on Twitter figured out that we all liked DBZ. Yeah, For true. some reason, we all thought we separately liked it <laughs> and we didn't. But you had the same dudes who was jugging dudes, you know, who yeah. were also into DBZ. Yeah. Uh, Closet uh, anime fans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, it exploded online and right around the time that now we hear it in music and all that. But there was a time where we all thought it was, like, our little corner. And, there, and it wasn't as, like in vogue or cool to just flaunt your nerdiness yeah so now we i think we are in an era now where people are super seeking it out too especially when you got taste of it like afro samurai and boondocks i know people there's something you you touched on that i think is is really important that i want to highlight because it's something we've talked about in past episodes where hollywood especially coming from this personal spot in hollywood is there is a regurgitation of just the same Eurocentric stories. And then I think you were right. You did see that trend. You had Coco, you had Book of Life, and even then we're slowly getting, but it's slow. It's afraid because like because they don't know these stories. So it's either they're waiting for a Latinx creator to come and bring it or steal it. Uh, you know, we're <laughs> no, being like all the way funky. Yeah. You know, as I get older, get a road in age, you know, something, uh, you know, I see among a lot of my, you know, ethno peers is their relationship with their ethnicity. And, you know, my mom's uh, from Louisiana. My dad's from Nigeria. And, you know, my dad gives me what it gives me. But like, you know, the way I grew up, I was never surrounded by a lot of 
other Nigerians. Like, you know, we went to the association meetings. I don't yep. know if you, you remember yep. those. Of course. Yeah. Bored out of your <laughs> yeah, mind. NSAs. Yeah. Hey, wait, NSAs. Wait, you got to break it down. Oh, what yeah. What association is. <laughs> so Nigerians like to meet in big organizations, men and women. They call it associations. Associations of this. So we're very... You could be three years old and you know how to conduct a meeting yeah. because you, you just <laughs> have talk. to sit through it. Real talk. Yeah. Like, like in no corporate meetings, nothing compared to what I had to sit through. You know what yeah. I mean? Let's, we've been talking about Afro anime and there are certain things that stick out to people as Afro anime. And, uh, you know, there's, there's something we talked about during the break that I want to hear you display for all the listeners, but also why I think that's a good thing. Because you almost said it like it was a negative, but I think it's a good thing. So uh, we, we're going to talk about Afro Samurai and the Boondocks, <laughs> uh, which are like the two, I think, closest things people will think of if they're like Afro mm-hmm. anime. Or if they yeah. Google. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> that, no joke. That's the, the thing ah, that comes. Yes. Yeah, Google, yeah, yeah. That's um, the problem. They, that's the problem if you Google. If you Google it. But, but real quick, I will start by saying the good. Yeah, go. <laughs> right, and I'll rip into I'll start, it. Yeah, I'll start by saying the good. Um, Shouts out to Aaron Magruder. I don't think he realizes what it meant to young black kids who had a newspaper in their hand and would go to the comic <sighs> section and see yeah. representation. Can we just take, I'm going to just take two seconds to really land on that because you are so right. I would, because I would run to the Sunday funnies. Yes. And, mm-hmm. you know, first we had that one, for better or worse, I think it was yeah. called, by the other black family. <laughs> and shout out to him, too. I'm yes, not going to talk. Shout but when I that. saw Boondocks, that changed my life because oh, not right. only was it this, this black family, but it also had an anime style to it. Yes, so indeed. I was like, I'm in because, you know, really, truly, like, to, because before that, like anime to me was just you know your DBCs, your Yu Yu Hakusho, Tenchi Muyo. So to see like an Afro done in an anime style, it just opened my eyes to a new world. So yes, you're I totally know the, like that is the good yeah. of being like so, oh you changed my world. That's the best thing I'm gonna say. <laughs> can I now? Can I start? Obi, take the gloves off. So here it is. So first of all, let's start with Boondocks. Yeah. Now, I mean, and I, and I do this with African futurism. Now, if you represent just the continent, you actually represent the largest amount of black people in the world, period. So that representation is actually small. By Bundos actually does not represent the diaspora. Like if you would actually start from a, a continental perspective, just by numbers game. Yeah. That's number one. Number two is like Boondocks had this thing where like. Like what was that? What's that one um, dude with the um, with the eyes? Ruckus, Uncle Ruckus, uh, Uncle Ruckus, Uncle Ruckus. Uncle like, 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 why would I create a character, give life to a, an imaginary character that hates on his own people? I can't do it. Like, no, uh, this is very important. Like, yeah. you got to understand the power of media. Yeah, you got to understand the power of media. This already is in our our community. It's already there. Yeah. Now we have a name for them. And well, like, my my take on that is that because you. You, it would do a disservice for what Boondocks was doing because, yeah, you, we created Uncle Ruckus, but we still have Sheriff Clark out there. We still got the booty. Like, what about the? What about uh, the? Uh, 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 ben Carson. <laughs> well, I was, saying, I was just gonna say <laughs> Ben Carson. No, this this just hurts to say because he's my man. But like right now in this oh, current point, yeah, like, yeah. Kanye, you know, we have yeah. those. So like, I think that put like a word to because I, there is this idea of like, <laughs> you know, I know, there's this idea that like, you know, I feel like it is something to like. He was speaking to like this type of person that we always see, and I think it's because like boondocks is like specific but i think that still drives home your point that it's only covering the small aspect of it i'm the biggest 
biggest, biggest, I don't know proponent. what I want to say. I say I don't want to say, I guess, proponent, but I guess, like, I say this a lot, where you, you, there's truth to that, that media you're controlling. And there was a point where, like, you know, you did have certain folks, you know, um, I don't think I need to say which folks who would take that character and really right. like him for the wrong reasons. Uh, right. Power. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, the, it's that Dave Chappelle off-camera laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So, mm. so like, I... That is extremely valid. And but, that was the main thing. Like yeah. I said, like you had characters that can easily become these like caricatures. It, it, it got really hyper. And like, that's what I'm saying. Like, you know, you had your Huey, but he was dipped in Japanese philosophy. You know, yeah. like it was like I couldn't like those things like like we're again having this one individual of African descent fully involved in Japan, fully in Japan, like as if we Ebo's Yoruba's, uh, Hausa. Masa, Hausa, Masai. You can keep going who don't have traditions that are really powerful that can help you navigate the streets of whatever. And then so a lot of those things like they kind of showed this kind of this depiction that to me was very much very close to what's that dude Medea type individual. Yeah, like, no, I, I put, yeah, yeah, I put that in the and I put it in the same class because that's what the thing is like like the fro, like like that's it? And and then cornrows? Like there's some there's like literally with African futurism and all these like what we're trying to do and independent creators are trying to do is like even hair. Hair is the most political thing. Yeah. That literally we have so many different styles. Now whenever we try to have a character draw uh, draw one of our characters, they draw Huey. Remember that? Yeah, there was a uh, just to kind of take you back when I earlier when I talked about how everyone had to go through Obi's regiment of reading African literature, we had to deconstruct um a lot of our artists. A lot of our artists who we worked with you know, they were taught Western styles, maybe Japanese styles. So when we brought them to an African story, they would bring that with them. And we had to literally break that because it, there would be a situation where there's a full description of how this character is supposed to look. And the artist would come back with this random uh, stock African mask, not even African mask, like a tiki mask on the arm and then some Huey type hair. And we're like, and no shirt. I'm like, wait, that's where did you get this from? And they're I, like, oh, this is like it's an African character. I'm like, did you read the description? No. <laughs> and then and with the, well, one of our other characters, we had to actually stop one of our artists because we realized every scene, the character was getting lighter and lighter and lighter yeah. to the point where I was like, whoa, bro, what is what is going on? And he was like, oh, um, I, I don't I don't he he couldn't even answer me. He didn't, he didn't even realize what was just in like what was internal. Well, yeah, that's totally systematic, and you see it all and the boondocks time. Boondocks is part yeah. of that system. That's yeah. what I'm trying. And even depiction of black women. Yeah, let's talk about that in Boondocks. Like like um, Boondocks is not is not it. Yeah. In terms of like, look, I'm be real. Like like, is, is there any depictions of black women that y'all that y'all could like vibe with in Boondocks? I'd have to go exactly, look at some exactly, exactly. <laughs> y'all ain't gonna exactly. get me. Y'all ain't gonna get me before I look at this video. <laughs> I do want to say we've. We, I mean, Ify and I have had these conversations that, unfortunately, also a lot of times when you are the first, you bear the mm -hmm. weight of your entire community. Yeah. Well, here's the oh, thing: no. is is that, and here's one where I'm gonna come in for Aaron just for a bit. We are blessed that we, 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 and we have to admit that the three Nigerians sitting at the table, knowing like our culture, where are we from all those things. 
we have to remember that a lot of African-Americans aren't blessed with that information. And so they have to go off of what they grew up doing. And I think that's why it's Afros and uh, and, and I think it's cornrows. And I think like the 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 caricatureness of it that whole show is talking very specific and i think you're right in due time especially now if you look at that compared to what we see in black panther the the diversity in not only clothing like i almost wept when i saw for the first time on the big screen the clothes we see growing up displayed that being said riley is a specific black person Huey is a very specific black person. Even uh, who uh, Cedric Yarbrough's uh, character, uh, the like whitewashed black dude. Yeah, very. It is a Tom? show of uh, yeah, Tom. Tom? <laughs> yeah, I mean, oh, and God. right there in the name, it is a show of caricatures, and I think that was, and I think the, I think it wasn't for us in the sense of like, like we I often so, say, right. so you shouldn't champion. I guess we should have mentioned that this is a spoiler. This is going to be spoiler heavy for Game of Thrones. If you haven't uh, seen it, it's kind of hard to tackle the series as we go into season by season without uh, spoiling some things. So if that does bother you and you're planning to, I don't know, catch it and binge it before it comes out this weekend, you might want to take a not a nightcap. You might want a nightcap (laughs) and also rain check. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. If you going back to what you were saying about having that more mass appeal, I think the fact that it is so grounded in kind of reality and the politics of it all is what brings in your mainstream viewing public. Oh, yeah. Because I think if they saw magic and dragons and all that right from the beginning, they wouldn't believe it. Yeah. Um, whereas now they're already invested in the reality of that world. So they're more apt to believe, oh, crap, there's dragons, you know. That's a, the, uh, that's a good point because there are like i have talked to friends who are trying to get their friends into the show now and it's kind of being that same argument where it's like oh you mean the dragon show and it's like (laughs) to to call it the dragon show when we have waited and worked so hard to 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 get to the dragons (laughs) right is like such a disservice that is true well and you know right before so if we're talking about the show right before game of thrones that slot was true blood and i grew up like i was watching true blood same thing. Yeah, vampires, a lot of sex. Yes, like, That's how they got people in. Hello, I mean, Bill. wow. Wow. First yeah. episode, wow. It's so, um, it's, <laughs> and this is how much of a hyper nerd I was. It's like, oh, you get to see Rogue's boobs. <laughs> oh, no. But I, I mean, sickish. but I agree because so I remember like everyone. Oh, yeah. Everyone in my family watched it. I remember like my I would go over and like watch it with my cousin and her husband. And it was like so I don't know, so raunchy, but like they weren't into sci fi fantasy and that type of stuff, like that type of lore. And I think because they kind of made it like, oh, no, it's kind of like a soap opera slash drama yes. slash just skinamax essentially mm-hmm. is what helps get it get it in and true blood actually calmed down a bit after that first season that first season yeah. was pretty hard but it got hella magical yeah, <laughs> yeah well, but i mean the sex like, calmed down yeah, a little the bit sex came down and then it was like fairies and all the you know <laughs> have all you these read other any of the sookie stackhouse books no so sim- very similar to game of thrones the books are like those books are like you know you're you're uh they're very at lots of sex scenes very very into it like it wasn't quite shades of 50 shades. Yeah, 50 shades it wasn't shades quite there but it definitely was like a uh, 
the book club was like, ooh, we're going to read about this type of stuff. And I only knew about it because I, funny enough, True Blood was deep into my headspace because the uh, person I was dating at the time was a big fan of the Sookie Stackhouse books, big fan. And, you know, she was from Utah. So, you know, that was real spicy out there. They're <laughs> mm-hmm. like, hold up. <laughs> Hold up, we getting uh, getting a little taste there. So yeah, that's and, and I think yeah, the same thing where you just ground it in enough reality and kind of almost in the same way the MCU kind of pulls in regular people where you just kind of find that other genre. So there is this at its core if you eject all of the magic, Game of Thrones is a show about politics and I think True Blood was about kind of like a soap opera mm-hmm. that but like that I don't I hate using the term because we kind of, uh, I want to say like high soap soap opera, because there are like soap opera esque shows that seem more mainstream than actual soap operas. But I think it's you just call it soap opera because you know the new thing that I was saying like with movies like Hereditary and and Us, should there be a term called elevated horror? I was like, no, it's horror. It's the same horror. Just because you feel smarter doesn't mean you have to try and alienate people when you like it. So that's why I was against calling it like high soap opera. But like, yeah. It's soap opera. Yeah, but you're right, Danny. That that show ended, and it <laughs> left the people that watched True Blood with the like, horny, horny what am I going to do on Sunday nights? <laughs> I was one of those people. I mean, yeah. I watched True Blood to the end, even though I was like, this show is not good anymore, yeah. and mm-hmm. I don't care. I'm still watching it. Oh, and yeah, yeah, then what am I going to do with my Sunday nights? Boom, Game of Thrones. Yeah. So moving on to season three, pretty brutal. <laughs> pretty brutal. You season. know, just the red wedding. Yeah. No big deal. Oh, yeah. So yeah, season three brings the Red Wedding, which I think was another moment for people like Ned's execution, where you're like, oh man, they can totally slaughter all the good guys. And wherever I thought this story was going, guess it's not. Oh boy, that was one of the most, there's nothing better than your book smugness you know when oh, when that was the book no smug yeah moment. because like everyone who read the book knew Oof. it was coming yeah. and so like when people were freaking out over like net i was like <laughs> you ain't even ready you ain't even right because yep. even in the book it's so it really i didn't i never watched red reading i only oh read my it. god reading it it really sets you up you really think "Ooh, this is the moment they're coming together we're about to voltron and take over and everything nope. just goes south Hard pass. Yeah. And I imagine the the show set the same thing up, especially yeah. because once again, the the I think the popularity of Game of Thrones is it sub- subverts our expectation of how heroes fight villains and how True. it's supposed to work. And the Red Wedding is one of the big oh, ones. so brutal. I think it's so cool, though, that that will forever be in pop culture oh, history, yeah. right? Uh-huh. When you say yeah. Red Wedding, even if you're not a Game of Thrones, like, you know what it's from and you know what it stands for, like, what mm-hmm. it means. I just think that's so cool to have, like, forever altered film and media or, like, media history. Yeah, the Red Wedding is a big freaking deal. And I do think that it hit all the show watchers by Storm and it was super fun to be yeah, a smug remember, person that you night. You remember how many people was like, I'm never yeah, watching people were like, again. Never watching again. I was actually watching it with uh, Meg Turney, who I don't know if either of you know Meg, um, but she was one of my old co-hosts on SourceFed Nerd and she hadn't read the books and I had. And so we're watching it and she's like on her phone and I'm like, hey, hey, pay attention right now. Pay attention. You're going to want to see this. And I wish that I had <laughs> filmed your her eyes. reaction because Aww. she lost her mind. 
Oh. Um, but yeah, that's that's how everybody was, and I giggled like a fool watching people's reactions online. Oh, yeah. Cause I well because I went through it too. I yeah. just went right. through it years earlier when I read it in the books. Yeah, there there is always something too of like reading something shocking because you're like, huh, huh, turn page. Oh my yeah. god, what? Oh, turn page. What is this? <laughs> I remember reading it when I was on lunch break from a job, and I was yeah. like almost at the end of my thirty minutes, and I was like, no, no, must keep reading, not yeah. done yet. But, and I really want to touch on. Uh, <laughs> what Danny said, because I think that is true. That is such a big moment. Mm -hmm. And it's something that when you can have one phrase or one word that will let everyone know, like people who probably don't even watch game of Thrones know what the red wedding was because it just blew up the internet. So everyone had to find out what this thing was. Uh, And moments like that are interesting because like I'd never watched the Star Wars trilogy growing up. I Mm. just, you know, that just wasn't a thing my dad showed me because he never cared about it. And I watched it maybe five or six years ago. And it was interesting watching the movie knowing everything that was going to yeah, happen. Yeah. I knew that Darth Vader was Luke's father. Right. I knew that, but to watch it play out, it it was cool to even see things where I was like, Oh, that's where that's from. <laughs> you yeah. Know? That is cool. That's super cool. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of theories and what some people have as expectations for what this season could entail. Do either of you have any theories or guesses of what you think is going to happen next? Mine. You think John's taking it all and it's going to reset? Either John's taking it all and it's going to reset or we're going to have one huge apocalyptic event. And my big Hail Mary is that Bran's going to go back in time and Ned Stark's going to say, no, I don't want to go to King's Landing. And it's just, what? And nothing happens. And nothing, yeah, nothing <laughs> happens. What about the Night People King? People would be so yeah, yeah. mad. Well, be, they're going to be able to defend it because Ned, because remember, Ned believed in protecting the wall. So they'll they'll defend it because Ned will send the required forces. It's just going to reset everything where it's just going to be like, remember, what was that one? I forget. It was a horror movie where like every time you made a wish, it would go bad. And mm-hmm. then like you were tortured. In the end of the movie where she was like, I wish that one driver wasn't drunk on the job and nothing ever happened (laughs) there you go Um, i mean we could have something like that there's a big theory that bran is actually the night king because he tries to go back in time to be the guy that is the guy that's turned into the night king um and then gets stuck in that body and turned into the night king so there's two brands coexisting simultaneously but we have no reason to believe that two brands can coexist simultaneously which is kind of the debunk for that theory if you will but there's a lot of people in the Bran is the Night King camp Ooh. or that Bran is going to become the Night King because um, why is the Night King so intent on killing the Three-Eyed Raven mm-hmm. yeah we don't know I just don't want anything to happen to Danny. I feel very connected to her as we share the same name and I played her <laughs> in a Game of Thrones roast at Meltdown yes. which I think might be up uh, on YouTube somewhere I hope you're enjoying these dope apps but even when it's a flashback clip episode, we still need to pause for a break. So we'll see you when we get back. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. 
Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today. All right. Welcome back to the best of Nerdificent part one. Hope you're enjoying it. Let's get back to the hits. Danny, can you describe what <laughs> yes, is yes, going yes. on okay. in front of Hector? Um, so Hector actually has flash card, like uh, trading cards, trading cards of every yep. character. I kid you not. Every character that has ever appeared in the MCU, including, custom made. Custom made. including side people that like got killed in three seconds, um, mm-hmm. they're mm-hmm. all here, and he is placing them all out right now on our large desk. Um, so this is yeah, uh, I'm gonna pull one. Even though, uh, we have the ancient one. I'm trying to look for like a side in, in, in the upper corner. Obscure ones. Alexander right Pierce yeah. in the upper corner it says Korg. deceased. Yes. So, oh yeah, and he has decimated next to Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is that is that what we're calling Phil the Coulson. dusting? That's what Marvel's calling it is the decimation. Oh, okay. interesting. Well, let's take a quick second before we jump into this. There's two things I want to do. First up top, you might be listening and wondering, is this like another recap? It's like, no, this is more of a hype episode. Cool. As of right now, this Friday, question mark? Mm. Well, I will, um, as you're listening to this, I saw it last night at the premiere. Okay. I hope yeah. I lived As of right- to that time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> In As case of- I died, and this is the last recording of my voice, yeah. I did... I did die out on top. <laughs> yeah. So as of right now, this Friday, Endgame is coming out. And this is just us kind of talking about our favorite moments. Really just a hype episode. As you know, you know, it, you don't need a structure to everything. That's, you know, that's that's okay. w- that's what, what uh, fascists want. Uh, <laughs> True. We, this is just a pure hype episode. And also just to catch up. And what better way... This is the perfect way to book in the last episode we did where we did run through each MCU. However, there were two movies that happened between the last episode we have you and now. So before we even jump into our favorite moments, mm-hmm. let's kind of talk about what happened and how we felt about them. Because 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 we, we, we counting Infinity War too because we didn't I guess, talk about yeah, that. Yeah, we didn't either. talk so about three Infinity, movies. So three movies yeah. between that. So, 
after our episode, mm-hmm. Infinity War came out. Mm-hmm. And that this was it's funny because I feel like everyone at this table had strong emotions about it. I were we in the, the did we watch it together, Danny? I think we watched it together. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I th- uh you watched it before me and then again with I feel like it. I invited I've invited you to like every premiere but you were you like had rooms you were yeah, writing it yeah yeah I know I, mm-hmm. I was busy I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to blast you or anything I was just absolutely mm-hmm. asking so I remember that movie was a wild ride that the infinity war was yeah. the more I think about it was such a wild ride and everything it introduced I feel like it did flawlessly and just the ending even though you kind of felt something like that, like I didn't know the decimation was going to happen, but I knew mm-hmm. something that would be such a huge cliffhanger since they was going to be two parts was going to happen. Right. And it happened. And even the way it happened kind of just shook everything up because they really yeah. did get us. They hit us with the debate there because you get Thanos getting axed and we're mm-hmm. like, oh, we actually did do it. Thor did it. Yeah. <laughs> and then it was like, gotcha, snappy mm-hmm. snap. Mm-hmm. It was, um, that movie's amazing. And it's such a fun, like, and then at the end gets depressing, but it's still such a fun ride is how you put it. I think it's a perfect way to describe it. If Because it's just like, it's just a huge victory lap for Marvel. It's just them going, look at 10 years of characters that we built up that like, you care about a talking raccoon. You care about Okoye. You just met her in the last movie. You just met Mbaku in the last movie and you're going to be stoked to see him show up, you know, on the oh, yeah. field. And and it was it handled it juggled characters and storylines so well. It carried over tones from from previous movies like Thor Ragnarok, which you finally got around to seeing. Yeah. <laughs> and you, did you dig it? Yeah, of course. Great. So like that that Taika Waititi sort of version of Thor pretty much carried through into mm-hmm. Infinity War. But it was also still like the mighty Thor. Like it, not that Ragnarok Thor is any different, but this was like. That Thor and then all of his family gets killed at the beginning. And now he, now what are the stakes and what does he have to deal with? Um, and it was um, it was mind blowing and then easily became my favorite uh, movie in the franchise thus far. Again, I don't think it's the best one, but you have to judge these movies on a couple different things. And one of the things you cannot ignore is like they're all building on one another. They're able to do a thing that not a lot of movie franchises, barely any, in fact, are able to pull off so flawlessly and even though they have flaws, they correct, they course correct, and they just kind of keep going. So that yeah, Infinity War is not a normal movie. It is a movie that t- that takes place after ten years of building one or two or three movies a year. It's about We're Captain audio Marvel medium on, Hector on on YouTube. I'm holding up a picture of <laughs> Carol Danvers, Brie Larson, who made a mi- a billion dollars, a billion dollars. Just just was, so everyone yeah. knows, Hector has been punctuating his statements yes. with certain I said, characters. I said it's not about you, and I held up a picture of the ancient one from yeah, Doctor Strange. But no That's one what saw said. it. No one saw it. Um, oh, man. But yeah, no, this is, let's, yeah, we have Captain one more Marvel. movie. Captain, Captain Marvel. Marvel. What'd y'all think? Holy moly. I was, I, I loved it so cool. much. I mean, everyone had like certain gripes, but there were certain things that made me love it so much. I like that moment at the end. I mean, at this point, you know, we're in, we're in spoiler country. Yeah, if you're can, listening, you're getting hyped it. to listen. Where she stands to, up. Uh, where she stands up. Oh God. That moment. Uh, oh God. Where, which, where. <sighs> Where that she, moment. I, I think the 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 moment after that when the guy's like, all right, mano y mano, which now is such chance. a classic movie no trope, and her just blasting him. I'm like, thank you, because every time that happens mm-hmm. in the movie, I just want that to happen, mm-hmm. and also for it to also have this meaning because you know that that was like a spoiler. That was just 
definitely mirroring all this, all those like alt right guys to AOC debate talking me. about debate me. And it's like, <laughs> no, I have nothing to prove to you. I'm in office. You're a TV talking head. What what do I get out of debating you? I think it's pretty cool to see a big movie, superhero movie like this. The, the, the past couple movies have provided me with some of my favorite movies and favorite moments. Um, I've been rewatching stuff like Thor Ragnarok, Black oh, Panther. Yeah. Like these movies are really, I'm like loving more and more and more. And Captain Marvel is going to be one of those where I think it's a big deal that we saw a woman actually say that in a movie like this, <laughs> this genre to go, I have nothing to prove to you to say that to a man that might not be a big deal to a lot of dudes, but I feel like it's going to be a big deal to a lot of young women that see that to go, Oh, I can just say that. Great. So my biggest issue was people comparing it to Wonder Woman. I'm like, they're yeah. literally not the same at all. They don't have the same origin story. They don't have the same like mm-hmm. characters. Like they're not even from one Wonder Woman was a period piece. In my opinion, no, Wonder you know, Woman was, was a war, war movie. It was a war movie. It like not the same at all. And Kevin Feige said, "No, we're gonna go in with her already with Captain Marvel already having her powers." Mm-hmm. And like, yep. it just it was so. F- I'm like that actually shows me that you're not as well versed in comics if you're trying to compare two random yeah. like just because they're women. That's the only it, thing you have to compare it to. I think, it, I think it's a it's a frequent thing. Um, people that are upset that the status quo is being challenged, whether they know it or not, they subconsciously do that. They'll pit a thing against another thing. I'm a big Trekkie. And every time I talk about how I'm really enjoying Star Trek Discovery, the new show, people always jump in and let me know, ah, it's not as good as the Orville. And I'm going, well, then do you really like the Orville? Are you really learning lessons on like how to be a better person from shows like that? Or are you just trying to dunk on my thing, you know, and make yourself feel better about your thing by, by pitting two against each other when you don't really have to do that? When the new Star Trek show was announced and it was going to have a, a, a black female lead, I saw a lot of people online go, yeah, well, Deep Space Nine did it. And I'm like, yeah, that was 20 years ago. Yeah. We're not done, you know, making movies with black leads or making shows with black leads just because they did it and it premiered in 1993. Like, Blade movies are done. Blade movies are great. And we should give credit to Blade for being the sort of the movie that really jump-started Hollywood going, let's make a bunch of superhero comic book movies. But Blade is not on my table right now. And that's a problem. So we need a new Blade. Like, we're not done with black superhero characters just because three Blade movies were made. You know? Yeah, for me, it was just like Carol and Diana could not be more different. Yeah. So to even their films shouldn't feel the same, period. Their right. films shouldn't be the same. They're and not they the don't. same character. Yeah. And they don't. They the only really thing, don't. The only thing that's the same is that they're both the first female character of, of a their, respective world. Right, that's of it. their thing. But it's like annoying to me that one had to be better than the other yeah, in all these course. conversations. Even so like, Same thing happened with Shazam because, you know, oh, Shazam used to be Captain Marvel. Oh, well, I like Shazam better. I like Captain Marvel better. It's like, shut up. I'm very happy that they... Uh, that they both exist. <laughs> well, I'm happy that they both exist, but that they all cheered each other on. Yeah. Like Gal Gadot cheered on um, Brie Larson, yeah. like tweeted about it. You know, Brie Larson like cheered on Zachary Levi. Zachary Levi cheered on Brie mm-hmm. Larson. Like mm-hmm. they're adults that are making a lot of money too so they don't actually mm-hmm. care about all of your um, gross yep. yep I like the breadcrumbs but a whole different set of breadcrumbs mm. because I sniffed those Civil War breadcrumbs <laughs> from the jump and because you know it was so very similar to what happened in the comic Civil War yeah. of just heroes trying to do some stuff causing mass mass destruction and yeah. the government being like yep and one thing I do like about Civil War both in the comics and the movies is it's the most grounded thing to ever happen in comics yeah. yeah, how long would this go down yep. without the government trying to get involved? I'll give you that. And I think it also flips it on on the viewers and the readers mm-hmm. because when you, you on think. paper you think Cap would be on the side of the government, absolutely. And then it and him not being on the side of the government is such a strong message. Yes, because yes, everyone thinks that 
Cap is this agent of the government. He's like, no, he's an agent of good. Yes. Which means that if the government is good, and also the fact that Cap is willing to go against the government is the most American thing yes. he can do. I and I think agree. people often forget that. I feel like in the grand the scope of, of like idea, yeah, yeah, everyone thinks that you know uh, patriotism is being subservient to the whoever's in power in the government, mm-hmm. and that is not the case. Mm-hmm. We were we were built on you know defiance. Mm-hmm. So like the fact that he's like, no, this isn't right. This is not. This is this is not good. I have to stand against it. Mm-hmm. And someone like Tony, who has always been like the opposite, where he doesn't like control, he doesn't like, he is on the side of government because- Yeah, he's the status quo. Yeah. It's such a beautiful, just- Even when he goes against the status quo, which is the first Iron, like the beginning of him being Iron Man, where he's like, yeah. no, the suit and I are one. It's me. I don't trust anybody with my weapons except for me. He still has this mentality of like, well- uh, how can I change the, he's not trying to affect the status quo. He's just sort of controlling it on his own by, you know, by his own means. Do you know what I mean? Like, and, and in this movie, and we can just skip Ant-Man real quick. This is a great film. Ant-Man introduces us to Luis, but my favorite moment in Ant-Man is where at the end of the film, he goes, I love you, Cassie. And then shrinks into the microverse to kill the villain, uh, yellow jacket or to, to destroy him because then he gets trapped in that cool little crazy dimension. He has to come back. Great little moment, but little moment of self-sacrifice from Scott Lang. But, Back to Civil War. It- oh, I was just going to say my question because Civil War, the comics came out in like 2006, I mm-hmm. believe. Mm-hmm. Um, and Incredibles came out in 2004. Mm-hmm. And you're a big Brad Bird person. Oh, yeah. And I feel like those have similar. It's kind of fascinating to me. Totally. Of like the government stepping in and saying, you superheroes are actually causing more harm than good. No more supers. Yeah. Yeah. No more super. That's or- also an idea from Watchmen. Alan Moore's Watchmen oh, true, true, from true. 1986. Like, yeah. And I think even in, in some Marvel and some DC comics, even before Watchmen, they sort of hinted at and explored at certain stuff. I know that maybe it was in the 80s too, but there was a superhero group in DC Comics in World War II, active during World War II, called the Justice Society of America. And then they revealed later that during the 50s, McCarthyism forced them to hang up their cape because they didn't want to reveal their secret identities. And they were, you know, are you are you commies? Are you reds? And they're like, you know what? This is BS. Like, we're going to, we're not going to work for the government. We're going to, yeah. we're retire from being superheroes. So that, so that idea has kind of been floating around, but really the Incredibles you know, did a great job of, of mainstreaming it. And Civil War, the movie, is different but similar in spirit to the comic book, right? The yeah. details are different. The details are different. Yeah, Infinity War. I loved all the humor. I've said this before. I, <sighs> so I, You know, I understand that it was upsetting slash traumatic slash sad for people, but I laughed so much through this film that... Oh, yeah. how, how did you react to the end, though? Do you remember when... Thanos did it, and then people started to disappear. Were you laughing still? Were you laughing when (laughs) when Bucky died? I laughed. Okay, listen. Oh, Danny, you're the worst. I didn't laugh. Listen, I was giggling a tiny bit at the person in front of me who was freaking out about it happening, and I understand. But I just because you knew it would be okay. Come on, like, like we know a lot of these characters are coming back. I'm more concerned with this with Endgame. You couldn't let yourself, you know, get taken away by the storytelling. Oh no, I totally did. (laughs) All right, all right, all right. I was, I was there, but it was a little. I wasn't laughing. No, I was. Um, I felt for them. The Mm. biggest part was Rocket and Groot. That was Mm -hmm. that was. You know what the last thing he said was, right? Groot. What the last thing he said was was. Uh, He said, "I am Groot," but you know what that was supposed to have Wait, no, what said. was it? Dad. 
Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's rough. Too rocket. Oh, no, Ooh, that's you got very me. Rough. Yeah. No, that one was really hard. And, and of course, I don't everybody. Feel so good, Mr. Stark. I know. Everybody felt Mr. Stark, really. I don't want to go. I know. I don't go. It was sad. Yeah, that was But the I mean, I know where... that he's coming back for this two summer. more <laughs> pictures. But um, okay. It was. Yeah. I, I get it. I totally get it. I'm not saying. I'm, I loved it. It was one of my favorite Marvel films of all time. Yeah. I'm not. Uh, it's hard for me to look. Look, Separated I'm a Dragon Ball the, fan. We get sure. our we get our heroes wished back all the time. So like, mm. it's hard for me to feel those deaths. You the were sitting there. You're way. like, they're like, they just need to collect the balls and uh, listen, summon Shenron, and listen, it'll be fine. Disney bought Fox, so just <laughs> put the Dragon Balls in there. Um, I, I'm they, giving you a hard time because I I, 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 I didn't totally, cry. I didn't. Cry I totally see what you're where you're coming from because. We are we're tapped in. We're aware of what's going to. be Well, they coming literally out, said part what the, one. What the contracts <laughs> we are. We knew there was a part they, they two. They said it was part one, and even when Infinity Gauntlet, <laughs> the comic book, came out in 1991, it was only a, like a month or two wait before everybody got brought back after Thanos actually snapped it. This is impressive because it's actually a year. Like, and it's it might not be three years again, like Empire Strikes Back to Return of the Jedi, but right. but for a movie this size, this scale, this scope, I I will say this. I think that the Infinity Gauntlet saga, the Infinity War movie going into Endgame is going to be something that people watch five years from now as they're doing their rewatches or they go back and revisit it or they're going to show their kids for the first time. And when you see Endgame in that context where you're just going to be sitting down and it happened, you know, five, six, eight years ago and you rewatch Endgame or you rewatch Infinity War and at the end everybody snaps, you're going to be like, dang. I'm, I know I'm about to pop in the next movie and it'll be fine, but dang, my kid doesn't know that. It's going to be like, hard. It's, gonna, it's, it's the same way people now will watch The Empire Strikes Back and Han Solo gets uh, frozen. And, you know what I mean? Where oh, you're like, yeah. oh, I see what you mean. Okay. It'll, it, will, it will have a different meaning and feel and impact when you go back and like revisit it and what it says in the larger scheme of things. And I also think that it will, when you go back and reflect, depending on how Endgame is going to shake out, it's going to be sadder because Endgame's not about, well, we got to get everybody back. Endgame's about not. the rest of the characters and how they're coping. And yeah. so, and, and we haven't seen that movie yet, but uh, actually you have, you're at the premiere last night, so you saw it, but the Endgame is about <laughs> the characters. This is in the future. It's in the future. It's I want about, you to know as I'm recording this, I haven't yeah. seen it, so I can't technically spoil anything, <laughs> so please don't get mad at me. Yeah. Because uh, I haven't seen it as of this recording right now at this moment. But um, I think... I think uh, it will actually be sadder because because I don't think some of these characters are going to survive. So I think that that will be that yeah. will be difficult to see, even yeah. if they are brought back. Maybe they don't make it or some of the ones that did survive don't make it. And I think this might be like one of our this would be like one of our final films with hey, them, listen, essentially. Gamora died. She was I killed. Know, rough. Loki got his neck snapped. Ugh. Heimdall. Yeah. A, a, a bunch of Asgardians like they're gone. What's... They were not dusted. One thing I will say, and probably the last thing I will say, is the coolest thing about finally seeing the trailer that was like the ones that I saw was when they were like, just get all the infinity stones. Like that was mm-hmm. what was crazy because it's like, yeah, that is the solution. That's mm-hmm. always been the solution. Is you got to go find them all mm-hmm. and then you connect them. Mm-hmm. Just like you got to find all the dragon balls. You yes. know, you're like, you got to go. Back. You Look find them and Look you at, bring them uh, back. So I'm super excited to see because if it is the fact that everyone's going to go and f- literally find all of the infinities, we're probably going to see so many different worlds, mm-hmm. so many different things. So it's going to be a wild ride. I hope you're enjoying these dope apps, but even when it's a flashback clip episode, we still need to pause for a break. So we'll see you when we get back. 
Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind. So you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. Are you spending more time in your basement now that it's your rec room, office, kids' playroom, or home gym? Well, you need to ventilate those spaces to remove stagnant, musty air. For over 20 years, the Easy Breathe Ventilation System exchanges dirty, damp air for cleaner, drier, healthier air. Take charge of your indoor air with your own Easy Breathe Ventilation System. You can get it installed, or DIY kits are available. Just call 866-822-7328 or visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com and receive 20% off today all right welcome back to the best of nerdificent part one hope you're enjoying it let's get back to the hits yeah so when how many times have you have you seen it once now or twice i have seen it once okay but it was a lasting experience and of I haven't course. talked about haven't stopped talking about it since like even game of thrones day i was still talking about avengers so I feel good about it. I know it really sat. I mean, it also sat with me as well. It was something that honestly, even though it was three hours, didn't feel like it. Not at all. Didn't feel like three hours. Yeah. Um. So I guess we could just dive right into it. How it. did you feel? How did you feel about it compared to all the other MCU films? So I went back and watched most of the MCU films before. And then every film that was very specifically inside of this film, I watched again afterwards. And I felt. So this movie had we're wrapping up so many storylines that it has like this very like lovely prominent place like it's the end of like the great Tony Stark like um emotional daddy drama saga and then also you get the end of Captain Marvel's like sacrificial journey um but in the same way that I feel like Ultron left people with a lot of questions this movie left me with a lot of questions However, I will say I rewatched Ultron and I have those questions anymore because Ultron was setting up questions to be answered later. (laughs) It's hard to judge a series in the middle. Like as an end of a chapter, you're like, so good. Like, I feel like we got where we needed to be. You know, I have questions about some of the deaths, but overall I was like, you know, this is a really solid place to land. Um, We'll have to see where they pick up some of the strands, some of the questions later. It's hard to sort of judge the film 
in a series when you don't know how it's going to end. Yeah, for me, it was great. I think it did a great job closing the book on just kind of the the original MCU crew, like, you know, Cap, you know, wrap that story up, which is was beautiful to me as a fan of the comics because that doesn't happen in the comics. In the comics, Cap just keeps fighting. You mm-hmm. never, he, do, he never gets that back. So for him to be able to get that back in the movies was like an extra surprise it didn't see coming. Uh, and unlike Iron- Batman, it makes sense for him to rest. Yeah. This is a decision Captain America would make. Iron Man, you know, finally getting wrapped up, which, you know, was great. I think I called that. I said they were both going to die. I mean, they both didn't die, but they both kind of got wrapped. Their stories wrapped. And, you know, it seems like they're going to kind of bunch Thor with Guardians, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, which is which is the interesting thing. Uh, Black Widow, dead. I think she's gone. I think they, they smoked her. The the movie that's on the docket is a prequel. Uh like that's uh so they're just gonna do the prequel. It it, it does seem weird to do a prequel yeah, that she I smoked, know. but I mean I feel like th- a prequel coming after time travel, knowing that the zones soul stone is an exchange mm-hmm. and that Captain went to place all the stones back exactly where they picked them up, she could easily pop back up. Yeah. I just don't think that it's necessary though. Sometimes I, I feel I sometimes I feel like it's okay to that's it, like real life. It's okay sometimes to retire or lose our heroes. That happens in real life. We lose people that we care about in real life. And um it's funny that you I know that you wrote for um Playboy. I just wrote a thing a piece for them on um how Endgame tackles uh, failure and mortality and mainly Mm -hmm. how I, when I watched this movie, I watched it as someone that has depression, seeing how they were put into this bleak world where they suddenly found themselves purposeless. They suddenly had no purpose anymore. They were so lost and didn't, didn't know how to carry, how do you carry on when you feel like you have no more purpose? How do you carry on after grief? How do you carry on after loss? And so that to me, when I walked out and everyone's like, how do you like, how did you like it? And to me, it was like, oh my gosh, it spoke to me from that place of it was the most vulnerable I had ever seen them. That to me is the side that I, that I wanted to see. And yeah, they've all, we've had loss and other in other films, but this was the first time where it was really like, this might not work out. Yeah. That five year jump is what really kind of screws with your head at the beginning. Cause at first it's like, okay, well we're picking up and we're going to find us. Sl- oh, like there's yeah. nothing uh, that for was them that, to yeah, do. That was a great moment. And there were just lots of good breadcrumbs within all that. Be like, you know, Cap saying how he, this is a second loss for him because he had that loss. And it really did. There were a lot of setups that were great. There were some a little heavy handed. Like, I don't think Tony Stark needed to say, and don't die in the process. It was like, all right, this is, this is, but, but I always say those ones are for the people in the back who are, who are like, <laughs> what's going to happen? It's like, Oh, big, big moments. If you, if you have a daughter, man, they, they really came at you. It was like, boom, right at the top with Scott Lang and his daughter. I was like, ouch, boom. Then you see uh, Iron Man, <laughs> with his daughter's like oh this moment ouch boom then you get the moment uh <laughs> you know clint when he misses his daughter ouch just back to back Even thanos and his daughter oh yeah that was too hard big... on you oh just oh kill me now yeah like how 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 do you miss it thanos? how do you miss it? you tore her literally apart like it was crazy but to go back to your earlier point about like the female empower like just g willow wilson is really that doll if you it's probably inappropriate to call her but i'm so sorry but she she is awesome. Uh, she created the, uh, the A-Force, which is the all-female Marvel team. Super dope. Uh, She-Hulk has a really prominent role in a lot of characters that we haven't yet gotten to in the Marvel Universe. 
But seeing these women that we've been like traveling with, and especially you kind of got like a little moment of this in Infinity War with the uh, Natalie Okoye Nakia mm -hmm. fight scene. Um, no, Scarlet Witch uh, fight scene. But here, like seeing all like six, eight of them, oh, so like many, yeah. just tearing shit down. It was amazing. They yeah. were wonderful. I would see that moment. Like, I really just want to see the fight over and over again. Yeah. I mean, just that moment where like Scarlet Witch is straight up about to murder. Thanos. I don't even like, know who you are. He's just, he was, <laughs> just, he was about to die. He was about to she die so until it, and it, but it, it was so funny because like, this is where the nerd brain gets in my way again because mm. I'm like, you're still so much stronger in the comments. You can literally be you. You can snap without a right. Infinity you don't need the Infinity Gauntlet, but uh, I feel like which uh, is why they didn't do it in the movies mm. because that's that's what they do in X Men. They make their mm. women too powerful, and then they have to cut them <laughs> off. That's, that's, they, they're always like, "Oh man, we made them too powerful. We have to kill them off." Mm -hmm. But I feel like the cool thing about the way the MCU is set up is that we could get that snap eventually. Like, yeah. Give it like ten to fifteen. No, years if Thanos comes back, I'm gonna be so pissed. I just no, not like, Thanos snap. Oh. We get Scarlet Witch's. Yeah, Scarlet snap. Witch. Okay, good. She snaps was... at one point and eliminates like all of everybody with the X gene, right? Yeah, yeah. She 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 doesn't even. Say, she says no more mutants. Just speaks the word, and they're gone. No more mutants, and almost all of mutants are eradicated. Amazing. It's so good. Read House of M if you haven't read it yet. <sighs> it leads up to that. It's so good because it it and that's kind of why like everyone's like I don't know why you need the X Men, uh, but like the the stuff like House of M and Avengers versus X-Men is you have these two super teams like so far in what we've learned in this movie is the Avengers go uncontested mm -hmm. but in a world where X-Men exists there's a whole nother team that if they feel like the Avengers step out line could go toe to toe with them and that's what House of M was about is Wanda Maximoff she has this break from reality and <laughs> the Avengers are like yo we gotta do something about that she's now reached terrorist level yeah. and that's our territory yeah, yeah. and we have to kill someone and they're basically having this discussion of whether or not to kill her and the X-Men are like she's our peoples so this is our decision and they're having this fight and the fight eventually it's 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 very beautiful it's the rising tensions with that pisses Wanda off so much that she's just like you you all these problems and everyone's trying to have control over her it's like like really looking back on it it's really just a kind of interesting look like she's just tired of all these like people in her life trying to tell her what to do and she's like mm -hmm. no more mutants and <laughs> people lose their powers i want to say it was so i think i was like yeah i think that they're going to introduce new characters and then when i saw the roster like when that final scene yeah. happened of just how many characters they had to bring back to really wrap this up i'm like oh yeah so it makes sense that they didn't <laughs> introduce and because i'm like maybe they'll slide in i don't know maybe one of the new avengers like maybe i I don't know who maybe the time someone bring back Quicksilver, who we really need. Bring yeah. Aaron Taylor Johnson yeah. back to the MCU. God but I was it. even like, I don't know, maybe America Chavez will show up in here. They're trying to get more, yeah. you know, um, queer representation. And I was like, maybe. And I just now when I looked at the Same. whole, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, I don't think they were going to do that in Endgame. I know. When After being unrightfully dragged by Hector in our previous <laughs> MCU episode, when he pointed out I was complaining about the Civil War fight. This is what I wanted. That fight, when they rushed towards each other, looked like a comic book spread. I was mm. like, this is it. I almost, like, I had all those dad tears, and I almost burst into <laughs> tears of just pure nerd happiness. Because, you know, you're the theater of your mind when you read these comics. Mm -hmm. 
you make something so exciting when you see these pictures come to life in your head and you would think you're like, this would be so cool as a movie, but they would never be able to do it. And to see it, like to think 10 years ago that Thanos, like, like, look, I know Thanos is a household name now, but Thanos, even in comics, was this cosmic level hero. Mm-hmm. Like I was explaining like the levels to like Marvel heroes to someone because they're because I was like, it's crazy because Thanos is a cosmic hero. And they're like, what cosmic? I was like, oh, yeah, no, you have cosmic Marvel. That's all space stuff. I was like, you get a taste of that from Guardians, but there's a whole level of that. Then you got your Avengers level and then you got your street level, which was cool because they were building it out with all their Netflix shows. You had your street level heroes. Then you had the Defenders. And now we're going to see what happens with that. You know, Uh, (laughs) we'll be on Disney Plus in five years. Oh, totally. In a different form. But Disney Plus is about to take (laughs) <laughs> over everything. Well, and I guess now Sony too, because um, Chris Miller and Philip Lord are now doing a Marvel TV series with Sony. Yeah, they yeah. just created like a nine figure deal. I'm hearing rumors that there's going to be starting whole new departments of things over there for Hell them. Yeah. It's going to be yeah. wild. I'm so excited. But like looking to your earlier point about uh, introducing new characters, when Peter went back to high school, I swear I was looking for Kamala Khan. Like, where are you? <laughs> yeah. She might have been up. there. Where are you in the background? Maybe when, she's an Easter egg. Well, I feel like they've really started to establish a group of young people sure. who can start taking the lead in the next arc. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see. Boy, if we give me do that young that. adventures. Let's go. <laughs> well, that's what mm. I feel like Monica uh, Rambo was. That's what I feel like she's mm-hmm. gonna be when they introduced her. I mean, she I has know. to be so Tony Stark's and daughter a five year, for sure. And a five year time jump too. Yeah, mm-hmm. because she's uh, she's an adult now. And of course, the scene that everybody can't stop talking about. The scene that I was at the press screen, and you know how I have, you know how people try and be there. Wait, which Everyone's, time were you there? I was there at one. Okay, so you're the screening. I yeah. was at the nine o'clock, okay. and it was. But wild. you know, you know how people at press screens try and be all professional. They never, never no, laugh. That did not happen at this. Okay. Yeah. There were loud sobs in oh. my theater. <laughs> okay, because in mine there was no like all oh, the funny annoying. moments. There was just like, <laughs> like really, you know, yeah. So there was a dude Terrible. next to me click clacking loud on his keyboard. Like it was like what? straight up. Yeah, you're typing the review in the movie theater. Yes. Get the what? fuck out of the theater. Yeah. So, but everyone's trying to be professional. When I say Cap got that hammer and everyone just lost it, it erupted, it just made it more. I'm glad people were trying to keep it together because it made that more powerful that everyone forgot that, that they were trying to, you know, out here trying to pretend like they're professional. We went wild. Cap grabbing the hammer is something. It's crazy to me because I feel like I'm working on an article right now about what changed in Cap that made him worthy to carry the hammer versus in Avengers 1 when mm-hmm. they all tried to pick up the hammer. Right. It was only Thor who was worthy, which sort of makes Thor like the only pure hero from the start, yeah. which really changes your perspective. Like Thor changed so much from Ragnarok to right the F now that I feel like there's so much more. The character has blossomed so beautifully into himself. And now we've had. Three people carry the hammer, uh, Thor, Captain America, and then uh, Vision carried it for a brief moment in Ultron, I think. Yeah. Um, so what 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 is your, if you don't uh, mind. What changed? It, what do you think changed? Uh, I he was honest guess. with uh, Tony. Andrew? The fact, because he knew about um, the Winter Soldier oh. and killing Tony's parents. And so he was lying and keeping a secret. And I think that, I'm not even sure if the hammer had a problem with it, but I think that Cap had a problem with it and could, yeah. would never have seen himself truly worthy because um, it was the only it was his only secret from the Avengers. It was really his only betrayal 
of the Avengers ever. And every time after that, he's just very straightforward with him. It literally caused the civil war right. between them. Yeah. Uh, so that was a mess. So I think uh, him coming clean about that, him kind of restoring things with Bucky, which we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I, I think that his conscience is clear and he's good to move forward now. Oh, nice. I, I felt it thought? was, uh, my thought was that he's prideful. I feel like, interesting. yeah, I feel like Captain America has a lot of pride because it takes a certain level of pride for him to just like. Is that a negative to, thing? Uh, I I think he, he like, you know how you can be prideful and that's fine, but mm-hmm. you just have too much pride. There's the, a confidence. There's definitely a line. And he never took an L. You know, he never took an owl. Well, he yeah. frozen in ice for 80 years. I mean, that's, that, 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 that's more Losing of a pause. Losing the love of his life. That's more of a pause. Like, I mean, he like as far as for him fighting for justice, never took an owl. And Thanos handed him that L, and it made him reevaluate everything he is. Okay. But I like yours better. <laughs> this idea of you going back in time, changing things, and it affecting your future isn't true because that moment where you go back in time is now your future. Right, right, right. So, yes. so yeah. you, it is not necessarily creating a new timeline. It's almost as if you started it and went back and added it to your current timeline. Right. So you experienced everything up until that point and came, but everything that changes is just new. Is, if that makes sense. But that timeline is still affected. The one that you pulled. You've already so, lifted. No, the one that you pulled Gamora out of. Mm-hmm. She doesn't exist. She's not in 2014 anymore. If she stays in the present day, is there's not still a Gamora in 2014. According to the Hulk, the way he said it, 2014 already happened. So you're just pulling uh, Gamora into 2019, but tw- all the events are almost destined. They've already happened. So you don't interrupt that. So so basically, my only question was, okay, so Peter will still get to have a Gamora, and he probably will also get this Gamora. Yeah. Like, so I do think that she's going to—this is my thing that I'm going to pr- project uh, that we've talked a little bit in Discord. I do think she's going to pop back up in Guardians. I think oh, that yeah. was a, uh, a a little Easter egg that they showed when he, it said searching for Gamora at the very end when, you know, when Thor came onto the ship. Um, when Peter was looking, I that was— that. Oh, he, it said searching for—he was looking for Gamora. And I think that was an Easter egg of she's going to pop up. She might not be leaving the ship with them with Nebula mm-hmm. and Thor— and Quill and uh, and Rocket and Groot, but I think that she will. I think that was the the best way for them to be like, oh, she's not dead. How are we going to get her back in here? How are we going to you know finish out this franchise? And I think that was the the way. Yeah. Also, I'd it. imagine like Gamora. If you went back to 2014, Gamora, and she just got realized that she's in the future and she's into this guy, she's not going to just go back on the ship. I think she's like, I'm a leave right <laughs> totally good morning she's super time because yeah. like if you if go back and watch the guardians like in the first one it's all about like we could be a team and you know if you want to go after your father that's a thing we could do too like but like let's just try to figure this out and then part two is all about like we just have to admit that we love each other <laughs> like yeah. we just say the words and believe it it'll be okay and so i think the next one will be about him trying to figure out how to get her in a way that isn't brought together by tragedy which will be really interesting because Gamora's entire life has just been like one long tragic event Mm -hmm. and now she's on her own and she's got this like level of independence and I think that Peter's gonna have to come to terms with that and give her like space and time to figure out what she wants before she could even possibly begin to be in a relationship like what a crazy thing to be pulled out of time meet your sister kind of become sisters kill your father together and then find out you have this entire life that you can't remember it's just 
wild. I just realized that we had two women that killed themselves because Natasha killed herself and Nebula killed herself, yeah. even though it wasn't like her, mm-hmm. but she killed the other version of herself. I thought the saddest part of that when they were like, you know, you can change. And she was like, he won't let me. And it was just so her her character arc is just so tragic. It really mm-hmm. is. And so it's at least exciting, even though that nebula didn't survive, that this new nebula with the next Guardians, I'm excited to see what will become of her character. Yeah, it's cool. It's exciting because like, even though she died, she was really just killing off a part of herself she never liked anyway. And it, it's yeah. to me, it's so much less tragic because it's something that she's always wanted to shed. Even even the self who's like, I can't change, desires to, mm-hmm. wants to. And so for her to be like, you know, this is gone and I'm just going to be whoever I want to be. It's exciting. And I hope we like, I really like her in uh, Guardians 2 when she's like finally on her own. And yeah. it's like, I'm going to just sell these people and I'm over it. She's so badass. And I think we're going to get a lot of that kind of like fun, badass Nebula that we haven't had a lot of time with I love, aside from the Cap versus Cap fight, the Nebula versus Nebula fight. And then when she smacks her and um, she's like, you're weak. And she's like, I'm you. And I was like, oh, that's such a good line. Yeah, oh yeah, I'd like that, that, that too. Was that was so really like such a, oh, put in your face. And, good. you know, before we were getting towards the end of this, and I do want to wrap up one last thing, another relationship thing that I thought closed up years, almost got me in my feels, was Tony and his dad. Yeah. Oh, Lord, I Because cried. that was, it. like, he just, it was years of everything he thought about his father being cleared up. The, the moment he was like, I will do anything for that kid. Yeah. And I'm just so consumed by my work that I cannot focus on him. But I do love that kid. I was like, oh my God, he needed to hear that. Have you rewatched the scene from Civil War at the top where he creates, so he creates this thing called Barf, which is a binary automated something or other. Basically, it's the thing he creates that connects to his hippocampus and it projects his parents. And he gets to tell his parents, it's the last time he saw his parents. It's when they do the young Robert Downey Jr. Uh, and... He gets to tell his parents like what he always wanted to say before they died, which was essentially Tony's actual words to him were like, it's okay, dad, you did the best you could. Mm-hmm. Right. We get in here. The last line he says to his dad is almost identical, but instead of yeah. just a walk off, his dad gets to respond. And if that doesn't just give you the shivers, like I, I just wrote this article about the legacy of Tony Stark because it didn't strike me how much I liked the character until his journey ended. Cause to me, I'm like rich entitled white douchebag. Like, Okay, it's fine. Like, Robert Downey Jr. is Jr. is infectious. Like, you love his performance. You want to watch him. He's, like, a wonderful performer. But Tony Stark is constantly just running headlong into decisions and making giant mistakes and then really getting mad when people are, like, he wants to clean up his own mistakes, but he doesn't want to really take responsibility ever. Yes. You know, he's he's sorry that it happened, but, like, I'll correct it and I'll do it by myself and it'll all be fine. And that constant, like, tripping over himself is always causing problems. And it's what makes his final snap so peak perfect because one he's got the assurance that this is the only way and we've seen tony constantly through every iron man movie through every avengers movie put his body on the line he's willing to die for this cause but it's never really been worth it you didn't ever really have to you were never going to be the leader that captain america just naturally was but you didn't need to be you were a rebel and a patriot and that is so american and so close to the ideals that captain america holds to his heart it's so close to what your dad was always trying to achieve like all these heroes that he felt were so far away from him gave him the respect. I mean, the fact that what Cap does with his life after is just value Tony's message and Tony's agenda. And yeah. he's like, I'm just going to go and live yeah. a simple life because we all deserve to have that at some point. It is 
the most miraculous arc. Like it is, I hope that eventually we can get this with all of the characters. Oh yeah. But the way they did it with Tony was, it was pitch perfect. But the most, I think the thing that made it the most perfect, the icing on the top is the fact that Tony ends the way the MCU started. The MCU started at the end of Iron Man when he says, I am Iron Man. Yeah. And the last line that Tony Stark says in the MCU is, I am Iron Man. Just all, just, whoo, I gotta breathe a second or I'm gonna just Even lose Pepper's it. Even reaction of, it's okay, you could just go. This was another one of those like splashes. This was a horror movie that was centered around, you know, black culture, blackness, and, uh, and everything. And I remember instead of like, I know there was the Bloody Mary, you can't mm-hmm. say the name three times. Three times, yeah. yeah. And people said that for Candyman, where I grew up. Like, if you say Candyman in the mirror, he comes and he kills you. But it's five times. Yeah, it's five times in the actual movie. But, in, but, but people were like, three times in the mirror. Yeah. My <laughs> fiance still won't say it. Really? Still, today. Wow. I was telling her about it yesterday. I was like, yeah, so we're doing Candyman. She was like, you can only say that name so many times. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, it's not going to happen. She's like, still. Uh, I don't want to tempt fate. Why, yeah. Yeah, why I mean, risk it? When, she's not wrong. Yeah. You know, it could. No one, you know, no one that I know have said it <laughs> five times. There was some controversy that the film was depicting racism and racial stereotypes. This film? <laughs> Based on that scene you just described, yeah. I don't see what the problem is. You know what? Just uh, <laughs> According to Rose, I had to go and have a whole set of meetings with the NAACP because the producer was so worried. And what they said to me was they'd read the script. Uh, what they said to me when they read the script was, why are we even having this meeting? You know, this is just good fun. That does what? <laughs> What NAACP? <laughs> this is just good-natured fun. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, this must be the National uh, Advancement, uh, the National Association of the Advancement of Caucasian People. Uh, <laughs> their argument was, why shouldn't a black actor be a ghost? <laughs> why shouldn't a black actor play Freddy Krueger or Hannibal Lecter? If you're saying that they can't be, it's really perverse. This is a horror movie, according to Madsen. I was and am now worried about how people will respond. I don't think uh, I don't think Spike Lee will like this film. <laughs> to his defense, he's right because Spike, Spike Lee, Lee don't like anything. Any <laughs> <laughs> like, like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's an easy. Spike Lee's like, yeah. did I make it? Yeah, no, no, I, I hate I it. It's trash. Oh my gosh, this is great because I I want to know how much of that is true. I just and love also, the quote: "Why shouldn't a black actor be, be a, a ghost?" ghost. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, imagine how much better Whoopi Goldberg would have been instead of Patrick Swayze know, if, if she if was she, a ghost. No, why wasn't she the ghost? <laughs> oh, this is oh, this is already off to the best start because I mean this is this is the the amount of gravity to approach this movie, but also it's like it's funny because it is like a tin pole in the black community. Yeah, <laughs> like, so, it's important. Yeah, it's it's important to us because like, <laughs> like we said, why shouldn't black people be a ghost uh, or a Freddy Krueger? When we're saying a lot of funny things, but I'm not joking in how big of an impact Candyman has on yeah. the black community. I mean, there's nothing. What's the other like big black horror movie? Yeah, besides Tales from the Hood. Yeah, I think that's it, right? Yeah, I think it's Candyman until Tales Us came along. And, yeah, you know, and um, uh, Get Out. Yes. You know? So yeah, there's been nothing for us. Yeah, for, like, yeah. 
30 years. Yeah, it was either this or acrimony uh, from Tyler Perry. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The scariest movie for a different reason. (laughs) Oh, oh, man. So, uh, so, so, so we went to Chicago. He was scared. Now we're talking. (laughs) (laughs) Such an excellent, like, now you're caught up. (laughs) Yeah, now you're caught up. Uh, so now we get to the casting, which is wilder than we we were ready for. So Eddie Murphy was the original choice for the role of Candyman, but his filmmakers could not afford him, which means both (laughs) the film was off to a great start. But also he's not the choice. Yeah. Like, like, well, and the biggest comedy star is going to be our horror guy. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to kill you. That's that's how I learned my Eddie Murphy impression needs some tightening up, but you know, y'all got the point. I mean, at least you did it, so I didn't have to do it. <laughs> Todd negotiated a bonus of $1,000 for every bee sting he sur- suffered <laughs> <laughs> while filming. He was stung 23 times. I mean, that's smart. Yeah, yeah. Like, he's like, yo, you got to pay me a rack every time I get stuck. But also, like, how do you, do you just lie or do they check you for stings? I know. I know when you're talking money, like, yeah. you're talking about a rack. I got stung a million times. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, I'm at the doctor right now. I can't, <laughs> you know, it's the 90s, so I can't send you, like, a picture. <laughs> my, I left my Polaroid in my, in my Cadillac. <laughs> So you're going to have to believe me. <laughs> I'm calling you on a landline. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm if you way. Jeff Trammell right over there. We're reading through the plot of Candyman. And I'm glad we waited this long to do it. I'm glad we got all the making of the all that out of the way because the plot itself needs to be dived into. Yeah. Because also another thing to remember while we're going through this plot, is Key and Peele is rebooting this. Mm-hmm. So it's going to be, I keep, I keep calling him Key and Peele. I mean, Jordan <laughs> Peele, my bad. Jordan, y'all, y'all together for the rest of my life. Jordan Peele is remaking this. It's going to be fun to see what he decides to keep and what he gets rid of. And I think it's going to be a lot of the chop. It's going to be a lot of the chopping block. If it's based on what I'm reading now. Oh. My gosh. All right. Um, so the dog's been decapitated. <laughs> and and Anne Marie's baby Anthony is missing. Oh, okay. And she attacks Helen. In the midst of defending herself, Helen is arrested by the police. Trevor, Helen's husband, bails her out of jail, but Candyman appears to Helen again and cuts her neck, causing her to bleed to a point of unconsciousness, so she blacks out again. Bernadette appears at the apartment and is murdered by Candyman, who frames Helen for the murder. Helen is sedated and placed in a psychiatric hospital. After a month's stay at the hospital, Helen is interviewed by a psychologist in preparation for her upcoming trial. She attempts to prove her innocence by summoning Candyman, who kills the psychologist, (laughs) and allows Helen to escape, making it harder to prove. Wait a minute. Wait, wait, wait. Wasn't his goal to prove that he is a real thing? Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, so yeah. why is he putting all these murders on her? I don't understand. Oh, I, I'm starting to remember last time I read this plot. And just, you ain't ready. That's all I'm going to say. You are not and okay. will never be ready. Because now I'm remembering what happens. And I remember why it, it raced out of my memory. Once again, I'm still going to revisit why if you are... 
back in, in Civil War, War slave times for very, you know, I don't even know if Candyman made it to Juneteenth. Uh, <laughs> I don't even think he made it. Why are you coming back and killing black people? Like you should have died if that's if that's how you handle your uh your grief. So. I mean, it seems like he would only kill white people. Yeah, especially like white men, right? Yeah, because he was exactly. in love with a white woman. Yeah. So yeah, why is he killing? And then black after people? all these years, still fall for a white woman. Who would have learned? You didn't didn't, get burned, <laughs> didn't want to try one sister. <laughs> Could have changed your life. You've been sitting there eating good. <laughs> you out here running back to Helen. Is this a movie about me? Uh, (laughs) 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 So here's one other thing we know about the 2020 film. In September of 2018, it was announced that Jordan Peele was in talks to produce the sequel. Oh, it's a sequel, son? Huh? Huh. (laughs) I'm hoping it's a reboot. I'm going to just say. It's got to be a reboot. Yeah. uh, Through Monkey Paw Production. Uh, Yeah, it says Candyman is revealed to be Daniel Robitaille. Son of a slave on a plantation in New Orleans. Daniel was chosen by a wealthy landowner. Wait, so only slaves can take the <laughs> moniker of Candyman. Yeah, you yeah. just pass it down like the flash. Yeah, 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 you exactly. Just... But but it takes one, uh, you gotta be a slave. Uh, yeah, he was, and, and he was also a painter. He painted oh, a okay. portrait of his daughter, Carolyn, resulting in an affair between the two. After Carolyn became pregnant, Carolyn's father organized a lynch mob to hunt down Daniel. This is off, just the same movie. Cut off his right hand, coat him in honey from a nearby beehive. <laughs> they, it seems like, it seems like back then they had only one way. <laughs> There's only one way to deal with it. Black man who sleeps with your wife. <laughs> you cut off his hand. You cover him in honey. My father did it. My father's father did it. <laughs> and we're not changing a thing. And that is all. Thank you all for listening. We're going to have one more best of episode, then it's back to your regularly scheduled Nerdificent. And we have some cool things cooked up for you next year. But. Thanks for hanging out, and hopefully I'm the first to tell you, Happy New Year. Enjoy 2020. It's about to be a great year. Happy New Year. Stay nerdy. Our kids have said to us since we moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Looking for a fabulous fashion brand that celebrates you? Then look no further than Boston Proper, where styles are designed with you in mind, so you can look and feel amazing, no matter the day, season, or occasion. At bostonproper.com, you'll find fashion that knows you best. For over 30 years, 
Boston Proper has been the fashion destination for confident women who want to elevate their look with unique, sophisticated clothing at affordable prices. Visit bostonproper.com today. Boston Proper. Wear it like no one else.